Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm T. Hi, T. How are you doing today, sir? K. Oh, excuse me. Mm. TK. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, well, I'm I'm doing pretty good, I guess. A <laughs> uh, lot of, lots going on in life, uh, but yeah, you know, we st- we still keep going through things. I'm sure you're getting everything you prayed life. for. Yeah, I'm not a. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am, and it, it's. But it didn't come exactly how I prayed for it. That's because God's like a genie. You have to be very, very specific. Yeah, I try to do that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> twenty twenty three has just been a weird, a really weird year, and um yeah i don't i don't necessarily know how i feel about this year as a whole but it's been a very challenging year so there we are well i i i would say you're handling it with a plum welcome back uh for another episode we're going to be breaking down first samuel 7 through 9 today of the new revised standard version of the bible um in english um last time on the bible breakdown lots of arc talk arc of the covenant getting into zany adventures mm-hmm. causing pestilence and then eventually mm-hmm. return to israel because you know obviously boxes can be magic i was actually just thinking today yes. about how all magic throughout time has just been veiled technology yeah, uh, I can't remember if you said this or what it was exactly, but it, it essentially, it, I was I, I watch a lot of tech stuff, and they talk about how that is pretty much um, the closest form to modern day magic that we have is the ability to do everything that we can do with smartphones or computers or even now the VR headsets, AR headsets. So like, like it's it's essentially magic. And so, um, and I think I sent a video to you yesterday about how, if I didn't, I will send it because it was, it was really good. It was talking about how in this modern era, how religion has essentially religion as we know it has been, dying out um and what's taking place of it is technology like people people have these like cult like associations with the things that they love as far apple as, like, comes to mind yeah apple or android because they get irritated so, if you're not part of their cult like it's like why aren't you a part of the thing that i'm doing it makes it so much easier for me it's like well that's because i'm doing my own thing that's better for me and it's like ah i don't want to associate with you you know how many times i've been upset with you 
because you don't have an iPhone? I I am oh I am familiar with that. But it pisses me off because you have an i you have an iPad, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know so is you know I'm not necessarily I'm not because I think we should reframe our frustrations. I'm not upset with you for choice. I think we should be able to have whatever fuck phone we want. Thank you. The issue I actually have is with the, uh, I guess, the companies, the manufacturers, because they don't want to play nice with each other. You don't want to Apple, say they. Right? It's Usually. specifically Apple. Like, they intentionally well, make, like, picture sharing difficult between platforms. Yes. That's yes. Apple, though. That's not Samsung. Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, which is why... When I send you a video or a picture, I usually send it to your iPad mm-hmm. from my iPhone. Which and is what they want. Because like, <laughs> yeah, as we said, because the other oh, video you sent me the other day, <laughs> the name of the game now is Data. So if they, mm-hmm. they don't want to be supplanted in the, you know, data game. So the more stuff you have of their yeah. stuff, the more of their data that they can collect and sell. And basically you can make these huge predictive models, like you said, that are kind of messing up the or that the video said was messing up the film industry because you just have computers guessing what people are going to like. And technically it will, but it's sort of a joyless cash grab instead of an expression, one of the best expressions of the human experience, which is creating art. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I still find all this fascinating as somebody who's personally interested in technology. And I have a couple phones that I use on a daily basis for different things. I have an iPad. I have a MacBook. I have, you know, game consoles. Okay, talk and I'm your just shit. Trying to stay. <laughs> I just try it's to, which is crazy because I. <laughs> no, I have all. I have these things, but my time is limited, so I don't get to enjoy them as nearly as much as I mm. want. Um, so, so goes the meme. It's funny how when I was a kid, I didn't have the the money to afford the things that I wanted, and now that I'm adult, I have the money, but I don't have the time. Yeah. And that is exactly how I feel sometimes. Like I just be wanting to play play video games. Yeah, I wish for we, I all wish day I still like I recess. used to. Recess would be great. But the thing is, now that you're an adult, you can just be like, "Oh, it's recess." No, I totally love calling my own shots. I definitely like that. Um, it's just you know, if I if I spend too much time playing a video game, then I feel like, oh, I'm not being productive. But <laughs> So I have there's a balance because I'm like I could be doing more. All you have to do is um, call it self care, and then life. it's like responsible. Yeah, well, with this new revamp of my schedule, I'll, I'll definitely fit some more gaming in. But I also need to like this is the time of year I got to fill out all these school applications For and sure. things like that. I'm getting new responsibilities at my job, so it's just a lot. No doubt, jobs, jobs is. Yeah, you got a lot of them. All right, well, here goes another one. Go ahead and read uh, 1 Samuel 7. (laughs) (laughs) 1 Samuel 7. We are back again to talk that shit. Yeah. Um, How long is this? It's not too bad. It's just about Samuel becoming a judge. And let me tell you, like... I know I mention it all the time. I need somebody to watch this show with me. Listeners, if any of the listeners want to watch The New Pope with me, like, to me, this oh, this yeah. is giving me the, or not The New Pope, The Young Pope, well, both. The Young Pope and The New Pope. They're same thing. Well, not the same thing, but same universe. And um, you just kind of, monasteries, 
palaces, whenever you have these hierarchical structures, human beings just get into a lot of shenanigans. And I just feel like Samuel, like thinking about the, the character in The Young Pope played by Jude Law, he grows up in basically a Catholic orphanage. And so he's just privy at a very young age to the inner workings of the power structures of the Catholic Church. And then he, you know, grows up to become the Pope. So he spent pretty much his whole life in this organization. And that to me reminds me a lot of Samuel. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see how directly that may relate. Okay. Uh, you said this was new revised standard version? This is the new revised standard version, did. yes. Yeah. And the people of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the Ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab. Abinadab. On the hill. Abinadab on the hill they consecrated his son Eleazar to have charge of the ark of the lord from the from that from the day that the lord let's back up from the day that the ark was lodged at Kiriath Jerem a long time passed some 20 years and all the house of Israel lamented after the lord Samuel is judge then Samuel said to all the house of Israel if you are returning to the lord with all your heart then put away the foreign gods in the Astartes. Astartes? Astartes. From among you. Astartes. Astartes. From among you. Direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So Israel put away the balls and the <laughs> Astartes, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord they fasted that day and said in they fasted that day and said we have sinned against the Lord and Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah the Lord of the Philistines went up against Israel and when the people of Israel heard it heard of it they were afraid of the Philistines. The people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, and pray that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty voice that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion and they were routed before Israel and the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as beyond Bethkar then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Jeshana and named it Ebenezer for he said Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The towns that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. From Ekron to Gath, and Israel recovered their territory from the hands of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the... Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He went on a circuit year by year to Bethel, Gilga, and Mizpah, and he judged Israel all these places. Then he came back to, then he came back to Ramah, 
for his home was there. He administered justice there to Israel and built there an altar to the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I took from that was, um, you know, they the ark was somewhere for 20 years. And then Israel was like being bullied by the Philistines. So they're like, hey, make it stop. And Samuel was like, hey, listen, you guys got to stop worshiping other gods. And I'm going to kill a lamb. And then yes, after that, you'll be able to kill a bunch of Philistines and you and God will be cool as long as I keep doing these rounds and keep collecting livestock. Yeah. Because um, to me, I feel like he judged Israel, but it seems like he just goes to different places, selects out an animal to kill. I imagine they eat it. That would probably give you like a lot of energy, too, to go kill a bunch of people. And um, I don't know. To me, it's just always weird that this God we worship was really into animal sacrifice. No one else seems to think it's weird, but I do. Definitely very peculiar. Um I mean, we pointed out before God has um, has some of the same tendencies as man, mm. which is very interesting. Mm. Um, but we don't talk about that enough. Um, sidebar, mm. but still related to the podcast. Um, a co-worker of mine who I've brought up many times on this show uh, decided to listen to us. <laughs> Uh, oh no oh no <laughs> and they text me and they told me that you know hey just wanted to listen decided to listen to a couple episodes i don't know why i did that and i said yeah i don't know why you did that either especially a couple uh um and you know as as Does you want to be on the show as you may have uh, I can ask, but uh, originally th- she was gonna come, then she didn't yeah. come, and uh, so I don't. I th- it has been mentioned that if she comes, she just wants to talk to me on this show. Well, that's not an option. You don't get to go on other people's shows and make demands. <laughs> so, um, I I honestly would love to see y'all have a talk but i don't i don't know how that will work i mean well what were yeah. what were her notes um she didn't really give any i mean it just it was just implied that this was not for her oh, yeah. and she she did not leave changed or <laughs> any of that it really she's really not our demo yeah yeah so i just want to uh let you know that but uh, as far as this goes, <laughs> as far as this goes, um, I don't really have anything other to add. I mean, the, the arc got taken. They went back. They, you know, they're, they're trying to figure all that out. Um, God intervened a little bit here. He created a thunderstorm. But yet, after they killed the goat or uh, lamb. So was the lamb like psychedelic? I don't know. I just, to me, it's so weird. Like you basically kind of got to bribe God to work for you. It's like, hey, Samuel, will you ask God to help us? And it's like, yeah, but you got to give me a lamb first. It's like, God can't just do it for the love of his people. He's like, nope. Oh, yeah. When you get it, I'll never do it for free. I guess so. 
this remind me to about this podcast that was too earlier where they were um talking about whether the bible endorses slavery because people really hate it when you point that out okay <clears throat> samuel 8 mm, interesting. israel demands a king when samuel became old he made his sons judges over israel the name of his firstborn born son was joel and the name of his second of abijah they were judges in beersheba his sons did not follow in his ways and turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us like other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, um, Oops, sorry voice oh said samuel listen to the voice of the people and all that they say to you for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them just as they have done to me from the day i brought them up out of egypt to this day forsaking me and serving other gods so also they are doing to you now then listen to their voice only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them so samuel reported all the words of the lord to the people who are asking him for a king he said these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you he will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his courtiers. He will take one tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to work. He will take one tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you that day. Israel's for request for a king granted. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. They said, no, but we are determined to have a king over us so that we may be like other nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them to the ears of the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, listen to their voice and set a king over them. Samuel then said to the people of Israel, each of you return home. Thanks be to God. Mm. Points I took from that. Samuel's kids was fucking up. The people around them was like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, instead of dealing with them, we'd rather just split off and be our own nation. Samuel wasn't really feeling this. Sought guidance from God. The Lord. God told him, you know what? Go ahead. The Lord. And let them do that thing. But, you know, just let them know. If they want to have their, you know, want to have a king, then, uh, there's consequences to that, which apparently, um, yeah, there's consequences to that. Sons will be taken for armies, daughters for service. And he'll take and, your uh, slaves. Taxes. It's like not my male and female yeah. slaves. Yes. Hmm. And taxes. Hmm. Well, it. okay, so it sounds like that kind of stuff's been happening already just with the priests because haven't the priests been demanding a certain percentage of grain and meat and yeah but the priests are anointed and holy 
okay so god so, forbid if you ask for something so why is god just like giving up so quickly like god's just like eh, give them what they want uh, I don't know. I think it'll probably be a catch to it later. I'm not sure. This is my first time reading. <laughs> oh this. yeah, it's gonna. Suck. I mean, well, but the one of the biggest things is like, I mean, what I was just saying. So, yeah, you can have a king, but kings generally like that comes with something. It's almost like a uh, the mafia. Like you know, yeah, we'll protect you from dangers, but actually, we're the danger. Right. Exactly. Um. And it always it also looked like history repeating itself too because Samuel's sons weren't shit, and then like his mentor Eli, his sons weren't shit. Mm. It's almost as if growing up with like a lot of like luxury doesn't necessarily build your character. Yeah, you know, I was having a conversation yesterday uh, with someone who was like, because I think we often get in this mindset a lot. Where it's like, man, if I just had this amount of money, like I would be okay. But they also are somebody who struggles with their own internal happiness. Mm-hmm. And I was letting this person know. I was like, yeah, um, you need to still seek out becoming happy within yourself because all this amount of money will probably do is just enhance all of the terrible qualities that you you are trying to you know rid yourself of commercials try to sell us like oh you need this you need this you need this and like we've gotten so far away from like going outside and just being in the world like just walk down your street man go on a walk go on a run go to you know go to a park or something like just sit there and be still and live in the world and breathe and like i know that sounds like some hippy dippy shit but it actually you do sound like a liberal cut. there is something there is something to that though there There is is something to just going out and being in hearing the sounds of the city and being in the space and just like not having to feel like you have to reach for your phone or be distracted and this is coming from somebody who is trying to eliminate as much distraction from my life as far as like you know technology um on a consistent like always having to use it basically i'm just trying to be intentional with it because that shit can run your life if you let it for sure um yeah i mean strong agree um but yeah as far as this um once again don't I, i do remember how this was taught to me like growing up like when we would be doing bible studies like at school and in church and stuff like that and it was just this kind of idea of it was taught that you you shouldn't step outside of what God wants for you because it's not going to work out well. But at the same time, it's like, well, why isn't God just being like, no, I refuse this request? Because any other time he's been very authoritative. It hasn't been like God's been this sort of like, oh, let Israelites do what they want to do. He's like, no, I want this amount of cattle. I want this amount of slaves. I want this amount of this. Like, it's been very bump, bump, bump. And now I guess Samuel's just getting kind of old. He's just like, all right, do what you want. God said you can have a king. I'll, I'll go find one since you don't like my sons. Maybe God will sleep. You know how when you ask your parents something when yes. they're asleep? They just say yes. Fine. It's like, yeah, fine. Whatever. Maybe that's it. They just got, they <laughs> caught God on a bad day. All right. Um, okay. So, yeah, now they're going to find Saul. Oh, this is long. Well, not that long. But we're going to find, um, yeah. 
We're, we're so, this is actually I'm excited because we're entering into the Saul, Jonathan, David saga, which is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Because okay. it is right. gay. Well, let's... Oh, I didn't know that. Once you look at it with adult eyes, you're like, oh, these dudes were fucking like, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> They don't come out and say it, but just the way they're acting, this is the way jilted lovers act. Gotcha. In my humble opinion. Oh, Samuel 9. Saul chosen to be king. There was a man of Benjamin who chose... There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Bekorath, son of Aphiah, a Benjaminite, a man of wealth. He had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a name among the people of Israel more handsome than he. He stood head and shoulders above everyone else. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, had strayed. So Kish said to the, his son Saul, Take one of the boys with you. Go and look for the donkeys. He passed through the hill country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalashah. Shalishah? Yeah. But they did not find them and they passed through the land of Shaim Shalim but they were not there then he passed through the land of Benjamin but they did not find them when they came to the land of Zuf Saul said to the boy who was with him let us turn back or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and worry about us but he said to him there's a man of God in this town he is a man held in honor whatever he says always comes true let us go there now perhaps he will tell us about the journey on which we have set out then Saul replied to the boy but if we go what can we bring the man for the bread in our sacks is gone and there is no present to bring the man of God what have we the boy answered Saul again here I have with me a quarter shekel of silver I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way Formerly in Israel, anyone who went to inquire of God would say, Come, let us go to the seer. For the one who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Saul said to the boy, Good, come, let us go. So they went to the town when the man of God So they went to the town where the man of God was. As they went up to the hill as they went up the hill to the town, they met some girls coming out. Ooh, to the draw water and said to the draw water and said to them is the seer here they answered yes there he is just ahead of you hurry he has come just now to the town because the people have a sacrifice today at the shrine as soon as you enter the town you will find him before he goes up to the shrine to eat for the people will not eat until he comes since he must bless the sacrifice afterward those who eat who are invited now go up for you will meet him immediately so they went up to the town as they were as they were entering the town they saw samuel coming out toward them on his way to the shrine now the day before samuel now the day before saul came the lord had revealed to samuel tomorrow about this time i will send to you a man from the land of benjamin and you shall anoint him to the ruler over my people israel he shall save my people from the hand of the philistines for i have seen the suffering of my people because their outcry has come to me when samuel saw the, when samuel saw saw the lord told him here is the man of whom i spoke to you he 
it is who shall rule over my people. Then Saul approached Samuel inside the gate and said, Tell me, please, where is the house of the seer? Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the shrine. For today you shall eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is on your mind. How very convenient. As for your donkeys... They were lost three days ago. Give no further thought to them, for they have never been, for they have been found. And on whom is all Israel's desired fix, if not on you and all your ancestral house? Saul answered, I am only a Benjaminite from the least of the tribes of Israel. And my father is the humblest of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. When they have you spoke to me in this way, why have you, why then have you spoke to me in this way? Then Samuel took Saul and his servant boy and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of the those who had been invited of whom there would be 30 were about 30 and Samuel said to the cook bring the portion I gave bring the portion I gave you the one I asked you to put aside the cook took up the thigh and what went with it and set them before Saul Samuel said see what was kept is set before you what is kept is set before you eat for it is set before you at the appointed time so that you might eat with the guests. So Saul ate with Samuel that day when they came down from the shrine into the town, a bed was spread, a bed was spread for Saul on the roof and he lay down to sleep. Then at the break of dawn, Samuel came to Saul upon the roof. Get up so that I may send you on your way. Saul got up and both he and Samuel went out into the street. Samuel anointed Saul. As they were going down to the outskirts of the town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the boy to go on before us, and when he has passed on, stop here yourself for a while, that I may, that I may make known to you the word of God. Ooh. Thanks be to God. I forgot to say um, for the last chapter in Samuel 8 that... Um, when Samuel goes to talk to the Lord and the Lord's just like, just as they have done to me from this day, I brought them out of Egypt. I always like to remind people that the, you know, the Israelites being freed or the Hebrews being freed from Egypt from, by Moses and all that stuff. That is all a myth. There is everyone always thinks that like that's history. That is not in the like the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians kept a lot of records. There's no record of this story. And there's also no archaeological evidence either. And people are deeply invested in proving the story right. And there has never been anything to prove that even Moses existed. It's very likely that Moses was probably just an amalgamation of different historical figures. So it's, it's always worth mentioning because people treat that as like a fact. It's not. It is a goddamn fact because <laughs> it comes from the Bible. Right. Um, and then um, now that God, I mean, God's totally on board with this king idea now, which is just wild to me because he was like, if you're God of the universe, why are you going along with this peasant tribe? Whatever. Um, but yeah. And once again, the, the reason why I said this story feels a little gay, they're already starting it off with how hot, how hot Samuel is. Okay. <laughs> Or no, I'm sorry, not Samuel, how hot Saul is. Like they make it up they make out a point to tell us, like, you know, they didn't they didn't just say he was a fine man. They were like, No, let me tell you, he was tall. <laughs> he was like fine, let me tell you. And that tracks because he's from the Benjaminite tribe. And if we remember, Benjamin and Joseph were the sons of Rachel, who were uh what's his name? Was it he he changed his name to Israel. It was Israel's hottest wife. 
Okay, so Jacob was that Jacob? Yeah, that was Jacob. Yeah, he married uh, Rachel and Leah, and Rachel was the hot one, and she had two boys, and Benjamin was the youngest one because they were actually kind of considered like a half. No, they weren't. Were they a half tribe? Oh no, 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 no! It wasn't. I'm getting it wrong. These. This was Joseph's son. Because remember, Joseph was Jacob's son from Rachel. That was it. And he was super hot. And then when he got captured by the Egyptians, he had a wife with an Egyptian woman. So they were a half tribe. That's what it was. So that's why he's like, like, oh, I'm from a lesser tribe. Why would they even want me to be king? It's like, because you're so hot. And then at the end, I think Samuel, because... This is just a fact when there are like all male organizations, a lot of times they fuck each other, like in these monasteries and stuff. And Samuel grew up in one of those environments. I think it's very telling that he was like, hey, tell your servant to go away so we just have some alone time. Which I'll find as. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, that's just how I read it. Yeah, I actually found this story to be very convenient. Um <laughs> Cause they did something. They did something in here where okay, they started talking all about Saul, and then like halfway through, when he gets to the town, you know, he they meet the girls. They they're asking for directions, and then all of a sudden, it jumps to this insert about, oh yeah, uh, this is the person that God had told Samuel that he was gonna meet. And like it just does some weird to me that was like weird storytelling because I was just like oh that was very convenient like mm-hmm. and then Samuel's just like oh yeah you're the guy like come on come eat with me and yeah God totally you told me you were supposed to be here yeah um and once again like why does God need Saul to help him wait do you think God told him that or do you think Samuel just recognized how hot Saul was and was like, hey, come here. Come eat with me. I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if you know this about me, TK, but I don't think this God they're talking about is real. So, no, I don't think he was saying anything to anybody ever. I think everybody who, like, either says God told them something is either lying or they're having sort of a a hallucination. Hmm. To me, I don't know. I could be wrong, but to me, that's how I usually read it. Um, yeah, I think I I really think Samuel's like hubba hubba, <laughs> like you, you know, I've been having to cast somebody in this role, and look at you—you you just arrived on my doorstep. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, yeah, very convenient. And the like fact that a lot of times when you are doing, I love a good palace intrigue. So like all over the world, when they're trying to find like a new king, emperor, whatever. A lot of times you don't want it from a powerful house. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to mm. lose your power. You know, he wants something that he can still control. So if he's like, but I'm just a poor country boy. It's like, oh, no, you're special. You're <laughs> special. You got it, kid. You know, I think that's. Um, oh, my God. I, I think that's exactly what happened. But um, we'll get into that more. So that brings up two points what? for me. That brings up two points for me. One. The Bible is a constant. A lot of the stories we have read are all people who have, quote unquote, humble beginnings. A lot of the stories. And I, I that is one of the biggest takeaways I always get when I go to when I do go to church is people will say priests or pastors will say things like, you know, 
uh, no, was a drunkard or, you know, this person was this, this person was that. And they always try to make it seem like you, God can work through you because he uses these, these people that nobody really gives a fuck about to make great things happen. And it just goes into my next point, which I think the Bible constantly to me is a reminder or Christianity in general is a constant reminder of the crisis of faith. I think I see in a lot of people in the world where it's like when bad stuff happens, they're so confused because they're like, I did everything Mm. right. And and why is this Mm. happening to me? And I guess it further plays into what you've say. They're like kind of abuse tactics. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it makes me sad for people because they give their lives to this document and they try to abide by it and shit still happens. Like it does not make your life any more great. Although some people would think all the great things that are happening are because they believed, but they would have just happened anyway. Was it that? It's like I always tell you when you're having a tough time, and I'm like, hey, don't worry. Things are going to get better, then they're going to get worse, then they're going to get a little better, then better than that, and then a little worse, because that's how life is for everyone. So, like, it's not like a great predictive model where it was like, ooh, I knew that was going to happen to you because you didn't tithe. It's like, no, everyone has economic setbacks. But then they also get economic boons. How the fuck are they pulling off tithing in this in this state of fucking mass um inflation like i don't even see how people could think like oh i'm still gonna give 10 percent. it's not a rational thinking process like you're bringing logic to a religious fight (laughs) that's my problem i'm bringing logic to everything in my life and i look like an asshole you have to be captain kirk sometimes i'm too logical be mr spock sometimes you got to be captain kirk and finesse these hoes and that is what I'm learning <laughs> because I watched a video the other day where, uh, actually yesterday, where it was like, you know, you can be too self-aware mm. and that can fuck yep. your life up. And I was like, shit. Because that's the thing. You can't bring everybody to, you have to meet people where they are if you want the results you want. So, I mean, Absolutely. that just, this just is what it is. Okay. So, um, let me tell you about this. Uh, I'm definitely going to read this book. It was a podcast where, um. It was uh, the podcast was The Thinking Atheist, and it's hosted by Seth Andrews, and he's absolutely fabulous. Um, it's so funny because he actually used to be on a Christian um, radio show, like he used to be sort of a um, mm-hmm. um, what is it like, not kind of like a radio DJ for a Christian station or whatever. And he um, mm-hmm. just narrated, did the Old Testament endorse slavery um, with? Uh, by Dr. Joshua Brown. And so it's specifically to address like when people are like, wait, what's the name of the book? Did the old Testament endorse slavery? Oh, okay. Right, and gotcha. so, cause we talk about this on here. And once again, we just actually got the reading a passage that just very casually mentioned male and female slaves. And if you point that out to Christians they are usually like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it wasn't slavery the way, like we think of American slavery. It was like indentured servitude. And it's like, no, it was just regular ass slavery. <laughs> Like it was, um, and of course it wasn't like race or color based like American slavery. Like slavery does come in a lot of flavors, but it's all the same Kool-Aid, which is forcing people to work for you, even though, and not giving them another option. If they were ever like, Hey, I want to go do something else. I'll be like, no, I'll beat you. 
and, or I'll steal your children. Like it'll, it's not a, it's not a, there's no sweet and cuddly version of slavery. It's always bad. And so it creates a, a sort of conflict and Christian, you know, for people who consider themselves believers, cause they're like, well, this is the perfect word of God. Why does it have like a tacit endorsement of slavery in it? Or in, even instructions on how much to slave, sell your slaves for letting your children inherit your slaves, all that stuff. And for them, they're just like, oh, well, that was just old timey stuff. Like, it's just not like that now. It's like, wait, no, you said the same God yesterday for a day and forever. And the guy who wrote the book, what he found concerning was the fact that instead of people just being like, oh, we need to rethink how we see the book. They're like, well, the Bible's inerrant, so slavery must be OK. And so to me, that's why I'm I'm such a critic of the Bible, because if you say if you're saying things mean what they mean. And that's the thing. That's why we weren't supposed to learn how to read or write. We were just supposed to accept this whole cloth when it was introduced to us in this country. But now that we're reading it, it's like, oh, there's nothing in here that says slavery is bad. Like, in fact, they're giving the Lord gives you instructions on how to manage your slaves. So it's it's this is this is a binary like this isn't subtle. There's no gray area. But for me it's easy to say this is bad because I think a lot of the stuff in the Bible is bad, which is why I've rejected it. And I think it was written by people who were bad. So, or at least even before it was written, Mm -hmm. it was just um, the oral tradition continued down were by people who wanted to maintain power. And it's that it's not an inherent good, but you know, people like me were often murdered for saying that. Yeah, now you're just ostracized. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Well, I could still be killed. You never know. No, you can definitely if you get around some religious yeah. extremists. But I mean, typically, yeah. T- usually, I just happens, don't get job opportunities. Um, I'm shut yeah, out. Yeah, that's what happens yeah, here, in Indiana. The social yeah. group. Yeah. That, yeah, my that, children will be excluded um, from opportunities. Um, it's a. You know, the moment that I started not working the moment i started working with the mm-hmm. whites um the religious overhead is not as prevalent it's only when i have worked with the black artists and within the black community why? which it's because uh, the the white privilege racial trauma of growing up in america because for so many black people success looks like being like white people and part of that is being christian but since white people are already white people they don't have to you know worry they don't have that anxiety so they don't perform religion or feel the need to perform religion because they're secure in their whiteness where black people are striving for that and whether they admit it or not, that is yeah. very much their goal is to like, I want to be as good as white people where I'd like to be better. The Neil, that was, you know, part of the Neil Brennan um, joke where he was just like, you know, what is he? One of his jokes goes like, uh, yeah, being an atheist is like the height mm-hmm. of white privilege. It's like, oh, there's something better than this. No, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I, I'm, I got it. And, it. and it is true. But I mean, I grew up with a lot of privilege. So that is probably why I'm able to even make these mental maneuvers to be like it, it, the ultimate irony is my parents sent me to these religious schools so that I'd have a like really strong faith foundation. But all it taught me was that 
I was like, oh, I just peeped game way too early. I was like, oh, y'all are running game. And it's like, and if you mention it, you get fucked up. I just, all I learned was to be quiet about it. And see, I think mine was a mix of what you just said. And also I had the very rare privilege of going to an all black elementary school still christian school still a catholic school but all black and so in that not only did we learn like you know the stories some of the stories we've been reading here but we learned about kings and queens and africa and malcolm x and martin luther king we learned about all of this stuff so by the time i went to high school which was way more white i didn't have like this complex is as I think a lot of other people would like. I'm like, oh no, like I'm just as yeah. good as you, and you're not better than me. <laughs> so yeah, so it's just uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's but weird. when you act like that, people but, uh, do not like it. Like if because the way I move in the world, oh, is, the teachers hated me. <laughs> they they, they hate hated it. me. They fucking they hated not me. Like it because I was outspoken. You're supposed to be apologizing for I your would presence. Like, it's like, why are you here yeah. muddying up our pretty white school? Like, you know, there's, and, and black people don't like it either though, because you're not, you're not towing the line. Uppity right. nigga. Like you're you ruining it. it. You're ruining it you for the rest are. of us. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Just, um, but that I do revel Just, in the privilege that we do get to do this. I am, I don't take it for granted that, you know, a very short time ago, we would be probably uh, murdered or ostracized, like even more ostracized than we already are for these opinions. So, yeah, now we have the privilege of anonymity. and the Internet. Yeah, because I couldn't uh, exactly. Yeah. The yeah, fact that yeah. we don't have to show our faces, we can just, you know, talk about this and um, kind of keep it going. But um, I really hope people will join us next week. It starts getting. Um, I mean, uh, it's so hard now to not see the underlying sexual content because, of course, they don't we don't learn anything about sex in religious school. Not for real. Like you learn the mechanics of it, but you don't learn about like how it impacts your life, how it's going to influence so many of your decisions. Like it's just so crazy to me. So um, next week we're going to uh, Saul's going to get anointed. And he's going to prophesy. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill some people. And we're going to get Samuel's farewell address. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I loved it. I, I'm probably going to watch some old. I love it when the Simpsons would do Bible stories. Because they're so, <laughs> you know, irreverent. And there was one where I think Bart was playing David. And Ralph came up to him. He was like, King David, I love you because you kill people. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> there was, that was pretty much, they were singing a song like, Saul has killed his thousands, but David's killed his tens of thousands. Like that was a song. That was like a banger. <laughs> There's definitely some twisted uh, connection between that way of thinking and just how we are as humans like you know we we look at porn and sexuality is like all oh, this thing that just needs to be under wraps do not discuss it but killing people let's do it on shooting prime up shit. time baby and i like don't give me and i don't know because i've had this conversation many times like explosions 
guns flying or shooting. Like it does look cool as shit. But this is the thing. It it looks cool in a fucking movie. In real life, that shit's horrifying. Like having bombs dropped on your fucking city or being a, in a, a shootout. A, a gunshot victim? That shit is hor- horrific. Um, yeah, that's... In real life. That's not... I've seen enough of stuff to have... But this is why internet culture can be dangerous, too, because a lot of the shit is desensitizing. Yeah, it does. The more, like... And, and um, man, I can just imagine, like... Uh, just being next to some people that you care about and then all of a sudden they get shot or something like that, it's fucking traumatic. Yeah. Like, no no one should have to experience yeah, that. I, I hate it so um, bad. I don't like violence. I mean, that was another problem I had with the Bible. It's very cavalier about murdering swaths of people. My violence threshold stops. Like, I think it's just getting a, just getting a fist fight. I don't, don't like that to, either. That can lead to brain and I'm not damage. and I'm out and I'm like people don't think it. Yeah, it like can. fights are fighting another human being. At the, and and well, a lot of times it, that suppressed rage is just suppressed sexuality. You just want to touch another person, like just kiss. Okay. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, like, I mean, or get laid. Like, I feel like that helps to waylay a lot of testosterone. Like, just get it, get the poison out. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Right. Interesting yeah. points. Well, I thank you for your time, sir. Um, I've. Um, is there anything you want to tell the people? continue to get therapy continue to do the internal work um recognize that oh you know i heard a good i don't know if i said this on the podcast last week but i definitely said this one of the best quotes i heard is you know every person you meet just treat them like that is the most important person to somebody else. yes exactly and your body belongs to you so have some fun with it you don't have to be a part of any religion you don't want to all right well and on that note bible breakdown podcast at gmail.com we are signing off